This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout. Because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl, yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Hello and welcome to the Guru Tool. Back again with you guys for another episode of what is the Arsenal Transfer Show. Joining you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a fantastic weekend and enjoyed the World Cup final. Uh, and of course, I would say and enjoyed Arsenal's game on Saturday. But we can all pretty much come to the conclusion that it wasn't that enjoyable, considering we lost. I mean, that is that is the big kind of takeaway, of course, from... Uh, the game, uh, if you want to see or hear more of my thoughts about the 2-0 defeat to Juventus, yesterday, of course, we did our raw reaction show, so you can go back and, and listen and watch my thoughts all about that. Um, but for today's show, of course, we're going to be focusing more on Arsenal outside of their game and looking ahead uh, to what will hopefully be a successful January transfer window in which Arsenal will reinforce and, fingers crossed, get to the stage where they can have enough quality to continue their title charge. We've got stories to talk about and we've got questions to answer. So without further ado, let's go with today's show. But good morning, everybody joining us in the chat box. Matt G, PJ, Paul Blackshine, Chris. Uh, We've got Steve, Morgie, Temi, Jose, Kaiser. Uh, We've got Ansa, Harvey. Uh, We've got Dave. Uh, We've got Mike, Martin, Stephen, DJ, D10 and Tony. Good morning to everybody else as well. Join us in the chat box. Uh, Thank you so much for continuing to make this a part of your morning routines. Drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done so already. Uh, And also a massive thank you to helping us reach 41,000 subscribers. Very much appreciate that indeed. Um, As well as I do appreciate also a uh, result for the under-21s, a 2-2 draw away at Stoke City. Yes, it's not a win. Arsenal were without some of their key players uh, that were involved in the game uh, against Juventus and then uh, of course, not then used in this fixture. However, some players were that on the bench on Saturday were indeed used in the game yesterday. Um, and uh, coming away with a 2-2 draw, I don't think is all that bad, uh, especially when you're without players like Nwanyeri and Koja Dubri, uh, who were, of course, fantastic when they came off the bench. And I talked a bit about that 
on Saturday. Um, William Saliba, of course, returns now to Arsenal, having uh, lost the World Cup final with France. I've not really talked about this so far on the show. I'm very happy with the result. I'm very happy that Lionel Messi and Argentina uh, won the game. I thought they were the deserved winners of the tournament more so than France. Uh, it, It does frustrate me as an England fan because I look at the opportunity England had and I look at the game they played against France and I thought England were the better team. And I think that England could have gone on and potentially done something in this tournament. Um, but they didn't because <laughs> under Gareth Southgate, that just doesn't seem to happen. Um, but Argentina on the day, I think, were deserved winners. I think France, had they came back at the end and grabbed that, it would have been a very unjust uh, victory uh, for France. And Argentina, the way they played, absolutely deserves um, to pick up the trophy in the end. But a brilliant, brilliant final. Um, and certainly one that will live long in the memory of, of most, if not all, football fans. Uh, and certainly uh, a way to cap off. Well, maybe not even cap off. We don't know if Lionel Messi is indeed going anywhere at the end of his uh, time with Argentina, be it now. Uh, Messi has said, I think he has no intention to retire yet. And he may go on to try and win another Copa America. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, he continually uh, just astounds us. And he is by far the greatest player of all time, in my opinion. And uh, I'm very, very happy to see a player that his, has his ability, has his natural talent, earn what he earned when he won that World Cup with Argentina and the rest of the squad yesterday. Um Emil Smith-Rowe is set to be back in action in January. Mikel Arteta confirmed after the game against Juventus that, of course, he was not uh, back in training yet. I think he had a little bit of a setback, unfortunately. But it is my understanding that he'll be back in January and that we should get him involved in some of the games. Hopefully, it comes early enough that he can play against Oxford in the FA Cup. That would be very much appreciated. And we hope that that is indeed the game that we see Emil Smith-Rowe return to the action um, for Arsenal because he's going to be an important player in the second half of the season and it's important that we make sure that we've got players like him available and ready to step up because we might lose more to injury and that can happen, of course, at any potential moment. Uh, Now, moving more towards transfers, it is said that Chelsea are interested in signing Yuri Tillemans. This comes from Ben Jacobs, who has claimed that um, Yuri Tillemans is a target of Chelsea, uh, of Chelsea indeed, and that in the summer transfer window, when his contract expires, Arsenal will indeed face competition to try and sign him. Now, I know some people still have the misconception that a pre-contract agreement can be signed in January. This is not the case. Arsenal and Chelsea cannot sign pre-contract agreements with a player that exists in the same league as them. And so therefore they will have to wait until the end of the season. Of course, there could be discussions that go on behind the scenes that technically aren't going on. I think you all know what I mean by that, because obviously teams from Europe could come in and try and sign a uh, pre-contract agreement with Tielemans, um, but Arsenal and Chelsea can't do that. But Arsenal, it's always been my understanding that if a club came in in January for Tielemans, it would certainly accelerate Arsenal's kind of... um, actions with Tielemans. Does it mean they would sign him? No, of course not. If they feel as though it's not worth the money, they won't do that. Um, But the interest from Arsenal is always and still is there. It's just whether or not they decide to pull the trigger in January or they wait until the summer to try and sign him on that free transfer. But Chelsea said to be one of the teams that will rival Arsenal 
for the Belgian midfielder's signature. And our headline story of the day, uh, fresh off uh, FA, FA, I keep wanting to say FA, uh, World Cup final defeat, uh, Marcus Turam of Borussia Mönchengladbach is said to be available for just 12 million euros this winter. He is one of those players that, of course, could sign a pre-contract agreement with a club outside of Germany because uh, his contract is also expiring in the summer. But it's said that Gladbach will be open to potential offers for around 12 million. I think in terms of versatility, Marcus Turin would offer Arsenal plenty of that, can play on the left, can play through the middle uh, and has done in the Bundesliga at a very good level, has scored goals, got assists and I think would be a depth option for Arsenal. I don't think he certainly doesn't start for us. You know, you consider Saka Martinelli uh, and Gabriel Jesus when all fit. That said, it would be interesting to see if he would be able to compete with Eddie Nketiah for that starting centre-forward role, whether or not he would offer Arsenal um, any kind of competition in that centre-forward role. I don't see him being in a competition with Martinelli on the left-hand side, but he could be a rotational figure. He could be an extra set of uh, legs to try and score goals with, of course, in the second half of the season and for a very low fee. There is a but, and that's just I don't know how he would transition. I don't know how he would enter... Uh, the Premier League. I don't know how he would get on at Arsenal. It's a very difficult profile of player to um, to kind of really assess. Meanwhile, on the opposite flank for France, Colo Mwani looks a really exceptional player. And he's 24. You know, he's surprisingly old as Mwani was playing, of course, and came on for Ousmane Dembele. Could have scored right at the end for France as well. And was very unfortunate not to. Great strike on the ball. You have to say a big, big save. Memi Martinez, but maybe the France squad holds some players that Arsenal will indeed be interested in in the coming month or two. We'll have to wait and see. And with that, it brings an end to part one, and we're going to move to part two and your questions right after. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. this. Okay, uh, let's go to part two and your questions. Uh, let's see if we can get some uh, answered as best I possibly can. Um, let's do in what Lynn says. Says Bowley is doing exactly what he did when he first bought Chelsea. Knows nothing about football and uses other managers to do all the work and then pounces. Um, I don't know if that is the case. Of course, we saw them sign plenty of players in the summer, like Koulibaly, Um Oh, my mind's going black. Wesley Fafana, of course, joined as well. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang signed too. It was a strange window for Chelsea, but they got plenty of deals done. Raheem Sterling, of course. It seems like Chelsea were going for really kind of marquee names. Aubameyang, Koulibaly, uh, Fafana uh, and Sterling are all big names in the world of football we know these days. Was there much thinking behind them? I'm not so sure. Temi, Messi or Ronaldo? Oh, it is Messi. Like, there just isn't. In my view, in my own opinion, which is just my opinion, I just don't see any argument for the other side. I just don't see an argument that isn't that when you compare the two 
in terms of ability, in terms of success, in terms of what they've won, in terms of everything to do with what makes up a footballer, you know, Messi is, is for me just the most, just far beyond what anyone else is capable of. He just does things that I don't think anyone else can do and, and so many more like things beyond that as well. It's just, it's difficult to even put into words what Lionel Messi is as a footballer because he's just a phenomenon. It's just is something unique and special. So, yes, uh, very, very, very happy to see him win the World Cup yesterday. Um, Jack says, do we have any French players in the squad these days? Change times indeed. It is just William Saliba. We have French-speaking players, of course, but he is the only French senior player that we've got in the squad, to the best of my memory, unless I'm forgetting someone glaringly. But, yeah, very changed times indeed. You have to remember that, of course, Arsene Wenger being at the club meant that we did have a big, big French contingent always. And uh, his work with French players, his understanding of French football was always going to lean into that. Mikel Arteta doesn't have that same kind of thing with Spanish players because, you know, he didn't really play in Spain. Um, he's not done a lot of work necessarily in Spain as a senior player. Yes, he played for Real Sociedad, I believe. Um but was more so playing in France, then played in Scotland, and then played in the Premier League, of course. Um, so I, you don't get that with, with Arteta, like you did with Arsene Wenger, who had a lot of time to work in France and work in his country of birth. So it is different. But yeah, we don't really have that same influence. That said, we do have a bit of a Portuguese-speaking influence. I'm not really sure where that comes from or why we've gone down the route. Oh, I, I guess I do. Edu is probably the big factor in that, that we've got a big Portuguese-speaking contingent in the club and I suppose Edu is the big, big factor uh, in that. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Christian says, um, do you think players like Genduzi had a bad influence on Saliba during the World Cup? And if so, will that affect the eventual contract signing with us? Um, I don't think so. He was, with a, he was with Genduzi for a year at Marseille and he didn't push for an exit in the summer. He's said he's very happy at Arsenal. So, no, I'm not worried about that at all. Uh, LJ says, happy for Messi, but not happy Argentina won, especially seeing their fans uh, and singing and chanting racist abuse and transphobic slurs at Mbappe and other players of African origin, disgusting behaviour. Um, always important to say, LJ, some of their fans. Um, you know, I know plenty of Argentinian fans myself that weren't doing that. Um, but for those that were, it's obviously despicable and horrible. What I will also say is there was a lot of, uh, I think Moani and um, Chuameni both had to delete or block their Instagram comments because of racist abuse they were receiving from their own French supporters as well. Um, once again, you know, uh, we've seen it now in two international finals that uh, players that are on the bad end of the result are then subjected to to racist abuse. Uh, it is so incredibly sad. And, uh, and it's what frustrates me when people tell me that I talk and spend too much time talking about this. That staggers me. And they're like, why can't you stick to football? Why can't we not just leave sports and politics apart? I'm sorry, but if your expectation is that politics is never going to play any part in sport or that we should separate the two, you're living in a fantasy world because it's just not going to happen because politics and sport are so heavily intertwined on a social and economic level that it's never going to be separated. And that's why I talk about it. And that's why I read comments like LJ's because they're important and it's important to highlight these issues and these problems that do perforate through the game. And it's a shame. But the more we talk about it, the more we become aware of it and the more hopefully we encourage people to report and stand up 
to those that are being offensive uh, and derogatory and discriminatory. Uh, we need to make sure that we do that. Um, what's the deal with Gendouzi, says Nabil? I'm not really sure. I don't know what that Gendouzi's deal ever was, to be honest. Uh, John says, do you think a semi-empty ground Dubai uh, Cup uh, Dubai Cup burnout uh, and getting a flight back could have been the reason why we didn't win against Juventus? Um, no, I think we played a good game. 19 shots, created plenty of chances. We just couldn't score. Uh, I, I, I'm not reading too much into the, the, that game. You know, we played how we played in the other games. We just weren't clinical. And there's going to be games like that this season. We're going to have games where we dominate and we don't score because that's football. It happens. You look at the England game against France. England were the better team in that game and came out on the worst end of the result. So, No. I'm not worried about it. I'm not concerned about it. I'll be worried when it's West Ham. That's when I'll be worried. Or I'll be worried when it happens over and over and over again. So there you go. Uh, Matt says, human rights are not politics anyway. Keep on keep on talking about it, Tom. Abs- I-, I get what you're saying. Um, but, you know, politics is kind of a very broad term anyway. And certainly human rights are discussed within politics anyway. So I know what you're saying. But uh, but I, I can't, do you kind of see where I'm going now? Oh, I can feel my voice is starting to go. You probably even sensed it. It's being a bit strange this morning. Uh, Jay Dimes says, good uh, good on you, Tom. Speak up. Unfortunately, when I see these things, I'm not surprised. Uh, Mohammed says, hi, Tom. After the injury to Nelson and Zinchenko and Tommy being injured most of the time, we are short not to mention the Jesus injury. Our season clearly hangs on bringing two good signings, but it must be now. Um, Nelson's injury doesn't really change anything, although it does make us shorter, of course. It might change Marquinhos' position at the club. We'll have to wait and see. He was going to go out on loan, was my own understanding of that. That might now change. We'll have to wait and see. Um, but yeah, we absolutely have to go out and sign players. I think we all absolutely know that. Um, Tim says, do you know if... Kane has faced any racial abuse since the penalty miss. Right, well, I, I mean, I very, 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 very highly doubt it. Um, I, I, I don't think that's you know too much of a, a reach to suggest that um, at all. I mean, if anyone's seen any evidence of it, feel free to send it my way. But no, um, no. Uh, Steve Stone says Pele gets my vote. Martin, the Machiavelli. Pele played in a time when football. Uh, uh, when, you know, it was a lot more physical than it is now. I'm not sure it was easier as there was no protection. Uh, that, that argument comes up a lot. I I don't really, I, I don't know whether or not that application, like for me, it's a really difficult one to factor in because you can only judge a player based on when they're playing. You know, Pele played in that era, yes. Um, I know some people say that he played a lot of his time in, you know, well, all of his time really in Brazil. So how much of a, how much competition did he really face? It's difficult to know. Um, it's hard to, to kind of compare across eras. I just can't. I just kind of look at players in terms of who they were as an individual, what they won uh, in the context of their era, um, and it's difficult to to say. Well, they played then, and this player's playing now, so it's different. It's very difficult because then you're never going to get to a, a conclusion. You're never going to get to a conclusion anyway. But I don't think you're going to get a conclusion if you if you you're looking to kind of apply context of when they play to the argument. It's it's really difficult, very difficult indeed. Uh, Abdul says, "Hey Tom, I'm skeptical about bringing in Taram. The expected metric of goals and assists stat for players moving from Germany is just is minus thirty eight point three percent. Players like Werner have struggled. Yes, they have. But Abamyang scored a lot of goals. Hyunmin Son has scored a lot of goals. You know, these are players that have moved from the Bundesliga and scored." 
plenty of goals. It's not always going to be associated to where you've, you know, what league you're coming from. And I wouldn't let that affect my view of a player and whether or not I would sign them either. So, yeah, there you go. I hope that answers your question. I just don't think it's a fair... Again, it's similar to the Pele thing we are just talking about. I don't think it's fair to judge a player on the league that they come from when you're assessing a player to try and sign them because I think it's more important to look at the system they play in at their club and country and how they fare in that system and how kind of translatable that system is to what you play. You know, I think that's the better way to assess a player when you're looking to try and sign them. Um, I'm going to wrap up in a second because my voice is is starting to go. Um, in fact, I might wrap up there because uh, I'm looking down the chat box and I'm looking for questions and I can't find any. Anyway, thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. Uh, apologies for the slightly shorter show. I'm going to make it up, make up for it. Can't even speak now. Um, with plenty more shows uh, coming over the Christmas period, we're looking to pre-record a Christmas Day show. Uh, I won't be doing it on Christmas Day, but it'll come out on Christmas Day. So I'm looking forward to bringing you that. Should be a little fun casual chats with some friends maybe play some games uh and if you're bored for an hour on christmas day or afterwards because you can always catch up um that should be out for you on christmas day so make sure that you do turn those notifications off again as a massive thank you for everybody that's helped subscribe and hit forty-one thousand. also a massive congratulations to harry simu of course <clears throat> who hit twenty-five thousand on the chronicles of aguna as well um but thank you so much for listening do drop a like on the video do subscribe to the channel if you're new and as always up the arsenal ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be right. (laughs) Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like... You know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.